0: Welcome to the Grown Sexy podcast. I'm your host, Macy Victoria, president and founder of the Grown Sexy brand. Grown Sexy exists to give you all the fire value others don't want to share. So to save you time, effort, and energy, I created this podcast, Grown Sexy, as one platform for you to access all the secrets. Grown Sexy is for women that want to live in victory, and are obsessed with their potential so make this podcast a weekly discipline to help you sharpen your winner attitude ground sexy women know success doesn't happen in leaps and bounds it happens by committing to small actions every day by tuning into this podcast every tuesday you're going to feel like a winner and be motivated to go out there and get what you deserve If you are loving this encouraging podcast that promotes you to live in victory and be obsessed with your potential, please tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell the entrepreneurs you know and tell all the girly girls about this podcast. Word of mouth helps a lot and it is what keeps this podcast coming in every Tuesday to allow you guys to have it for free. So please, please tell your friends if you enjoy this encouraging podcast. Also, make sure you screenshot this podcast and tag me on Instagram if you're listening. I will repost it to my Instagram story, but it's really is encouraging. Knowing you're listening. My Instagram handle is grown sexy brand. Not only would I love it if you recommended this podcast to a friend, and if you tagged me on Instagram that you listened today, but feel free to message me on Instagram telling me how this podcast motivated you, encouraged you, or helped you in any way. Okay, let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Grown Sexy Podcast. We have a guest on the show today, someone that has started a nonprofit in the state of Missouri called Find the Light. Welcome, Alex, to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Okay, so for my audience that knows nothing about you, tell them about you real fast. Like, what are you up to? What do you do?
1: Yeah, so uh in my day job I'm a, I'm a medical technician. I work in a lab, but uh I about a, a little over a year ago last August of 2020 um I started a foundation focused on um the mental health of teens and young adults. So what we do is we try to reduce the death or and mental of mental health crises, so suicide and overdose, drunk driving, things like that. And the way that we do that is we believe in elevating student voices and getting them in the rooms of people who are making decisions about them, who are making school policies. We bring them to board meetings so that they can get a feel of what's going on in their district. And then they can directly talk to the people who are making decisions for them, tell them their opinions. So you've been bringing,
0: you have gotten permission from school district board meetings to bring some of the
1: students to the board meetings? Well, we haven't gotten permission, we've just been showing up. <laughs> oh. And uh, it's, been, it's been really helpful, we've made some good progress in a couple schools, and it's definitely helped our kids get used to being a part of a bureaucratic process, being able to get their, get their opinions across, have their voices heard, and mm-hmm. give them some more confidence, and give them something that they're passionate about, that they want to fight for. Okay, awesome. Okay, so, taking back to when you were younger, what did
0: you see in you that you did as a little girl that was a sign that in your mid-twenties you'd start a nonprofit? Like, is there a pattern of your past of, oh, yep, it makes sense. I decided to start a nonprofit.
1: Yeah, kind of. Uh, my mom jokes that she could kind of see that coming. Uh, my freshman year in high school, my school got picketed by uh, the Westboro Baptist Church, which is a highly fundamentalist, anti-gay uh church that they're famous for protesting soldier's funerals and they'll protest soldier's funerals, they'll protest the Super Bowl and they go to random schools and You're so, saying this church? Yes, yeah. Okay. Their church is kind of a loose term. <laughs> they uh they're, they're 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 kind of a cult, um but they the way they make their money is they go protest people, they get people riled up and then they sue people. What? Yeah. <laughs> so they came to my school and we had, because, uh, you know, we were in a very conservative area. There was, this was, uh, 2010 ish, 2010, 2011. And the, it was not a super gay friendly place, but our school did not bully kids for being gay as much as many schools it's not to say it didn't happen so um, back obviously nowadays
0: being gay is so much more social acceptable because it's legal everywhere so back in 2010 your school was one of the schools that supported lgbt kids
1: to and point there there was definitely still discrimination and bullying going on but for the westboro baptist church They released a statement saying that we were not bullying our gay kids enough. And so, (gasps) exactly. So our school kind of all came together and we had this giant counter protest and everybody was wearing rainbow and there was a guy dressed up as Jesus and uh, say people were playing, you know, born this way. We had teachers wearing rainbow. And so that was the first protest I ever went to. Uh, We all all dressed up. We went to school early and we stood out there. I want to dive into this so much more. This is so interesting. (laughs) So, okay, because I have not
0: heard of this. (laughs) Okay, so this church, did they contact... They're labeled as a church, right? Yes. They represent themselves as a church. Yeah. This church, did they contact, like, the principal and say, hey, we're going to threaten to sue you? Or, like, how did your church get... How did your
1: school... Find out about this church's issue with you guys. Uh, They had posted on their website that they were going to be protesting us and uh, at least one other school, two other schools, I think.
0: All for the same reason. They were targeting these schools because these schools were not being mean
1: enough to kids that were coming out for various reasons. Yeah, the the, their stated reason is always something about uh, where you're allowing gay people to exist. Like they have a major problem with it.
0: Oh my gosh,
1: that's so hateful. It's very
0: hateful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's why some people hate the church and don't want to be Christians. Yeah. Is because of hateful people like that.
1: Yeah, so that was... <laughs> that's I, horrible. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. it absolutely is. Yeah, so we just kind of, we planned out this giant protest. Everybody participated. Okay, so your school protested against the church. Yeah. Okay. And that was kind of the first introduction of of, like having a voice and like standing up for what you believe in yeah and especially being anti-bullying which our foundation does a lot with um because we saw a bunch of adults bullying teenagers and uh and that didn't sit right with us and then we saw that you know what you can accomplish because after that we started a Gay Straight Alliance at our school. It was What's something our school, an school an never alliance. had before. What does that mean? It's a club, uh, basically, that um, people of all different sexualities join.
0: Okay, and which is very common
1: nowadays. It is, yeah. But it wasn't in 2010, right? Correct. And like, we actually had a hard okay. time. like People would tear down our posters and things like that. And so by the end of the year, we didn't have that problem anymore because we just... We were very Really persistent. formed a
0: unity of acceptance of all.
1: Yeah, exactly. So were you a part of that club, or did you just attend it, or what? Yeah, I was a part of it. Um, my brother and I were both uh, were b- both some of the founding members. Oh, well, awesome. How old were you then? Uh, at that point? At, when you started that club in your school. Probably about 16.
0: Okay. So that's definitely... When you look back on now in your mid-20s, you decided to start a non-profit... For mental health, that's definitely the story you look back on and you're like, that's where it all began. I I could see that I was going in this direction of, I want to have a voice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That is so cool, though, like, that your school stood up to that church. So
1: did the church not sue you guys? No, so they don't sue everybody they contact with. They just, they try to, you know, make people angry, get them mad, and then have somebody have a reaction. So you start, you know, any, if you like, um, push somebody out of your way something like that they'll sue you for it oh okay because i was
0: gonna say you can't sue for the act of not bullying kids yeah. at <laughs> but they wanted to rally you up for someone to act violent against them yeah that's pin. how they make their money oh my gosh okay that's crazy uh <laughs> for my listeners if you're trying to figure out Christianity or you're trying to tap into spirituality, uh, that's not the route to go. It's (laughs) not about hating others. I'm a Christian and love wins no matter what. It doesn't matter who you love at all. As long as you're a kind person, that's what matters. And so that's horrible, horrible that that church just very much represents hate. Yeah, absolutely. And so many Christians do represent hate. And that's where the love gets lost. And so that's just super sad. I definitely like, I'm definitely not like that. (laughs) I like, yeah, I'm very much all about you need to do what makes, what makes you more of a loving person and love is not bad at all. So no matter who you love, it's not my decision to tell you who you can't love. Yeah, exactly. And as long as who you love makes you a better person, then who cares? Like, it's all about just being better people, I feel like. Yeah. So, that's crazy. (laughs) But, like, I don't... I think lots of people, though, are closed-minded and very judgmental, and I used to be like that, but when I was 23, like... I realized oh like I don't have to have the judgments my parents raised me on I get to decide my standards and I just did a lot of evaluating in my aha moment of like I want to be a more open-minded person that does love God is I went to the mall one day and I grew up at this church where there was this guy named Daniel and he was homeschooler like me, like he was super nice guy. Okay, and I saw him every Tuesday at my church event for five years, from when I was like seventeen to twenty three. And then one day, like Daniel just stopped coming. So didn't think nothing much of it. People stop coming because they get married or they go off to college. But I ran into him, and he was Danielle, and he was transgender, and he like did all the steps and I was like oh hey Daniel and he was like oh it's Danielle now and I was like oh hey well like how have you been and he said yeah like I had to create a new Facebook account and I don't come back to church on Tuesday nights anymore because I know people would throw things at me and like they would tell me I'm going to hell and I apologized to him for my church and I said oh my gosh I'm so sorry that First, you think that that would be a church's response to throw you out of church for trying to find your identity, but I was like, I am so sorry that you deleted me from Facebook and you put me in that category, and in that moment, I realized that I was, as a Christian, like, it's easy to be perceived as closed-minded and judgmental as a Christian, and I was like, I purposely want to show others I'm not this way because everyone struggles with their identity in a different way and like who are we to say oh you're you're trying to find your identity so Danielle like don't come to church and find it that's horrible what is wrong with you like we're all just trying to find ourselves so she really opened your eyes yeah to being more of an accepting christian of love wins cuz in that moment when she was like, yeah, I had to delete you too because I thought that you would hate me. I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, I was raised in this bubble also, being homeschooled like her, being taught you judge others. You judge them if they have sex before marriage. You judge them if they get drunk. And I was raised like that, and up until I was 23, like, I had those... I wasn't proactive about being open-minded. And... I didn't form my own opinion yet of what I thought was acceptable or not. But when Danielle just showed me the impact of how she was afraid to express how she's trying to find herself, I was just like, I need to purposely let others know that love wins and like hate sucks it's and okay hate doesn't who you do are. anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it's okay to love who you want as long as you're a kind person, and it's okay to try to find your identity. Like, she obviously found her identity in switching genders, but people go through seasons of trying to find their identity being addicted to porn or being an alcoholic, and we don't kick those people out of church. Like, if someone drinks five nights a week because they're trying to find themselves in life, they still show up on Sundays and no one says get out of church because you're trying to find yourself. And so it's like, you know, we're all trying to find ourselves. We're all trying to, like, find our purpose.
1: So. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. That was, like, my aha moment of what shaped me into the Christian I am now. You know. Okay. So for those listening that haven't heard of Find the Light, give us the scoop about it. What's its mission and what is Find the Light's purpose as a nonprofit?
1: Yeah, uh, so Find the Light, the Find the Light Foundation, our purpose is just to reduce deaths by suicide, overdose, any mental health crisis, and to just reduce mental health crises in general. Um, Everybody who founded it had some sort of experience with their mental health and we've learned from it. And our goal is just to create safe learning environments because how this started was we lost somebody. And uh, we we lost a kid in our community uh, to suicide. How long ago was this? This was in July of 2020. Oh, okay. Yeah, and when that happened... Did you know him? I did not. Um, I had friends that did. Okay. But when that happened, all of us realized... like. It wasn't really shock going around, you know. Nobody was really shocked. It was just like, oh my god, another one. Because every single one of us had lost somebody like this. Um, we'd all been to these funerals. We'd all lost somebody to drugs or over or to drugs to suicide, anything mental health related. And that was where we were like, there is a problem here. that's being overlooked, and it's coming down to our schools and our public school system and our private school system as well. And because that's where they spend forty hours a week at, exactly. and so it's like, and they're yeah. actually public schools are the number one provider of youth mental health care in the country, and they probably shouldn't be, but right now they are, and so we started investigating, and we found that there's they're just not equipped for this massive responsibility that we're handling. Schools, you know, um, the school district that I came from, each school has one crisis counselor for you know uh, about probably fifteen hundred kids, sometimes more. Yeah and that 's just not sustainable we can 't have one person in charge of the mental health of all of these kids mm-hmm. it 's just not possible and so then people are getting overlooked uh, and they shouldn't be and kids aren't aren 't uh, understanding where they can go get help they with when they need it and it 's also just you know we looking at cultures in different schools. how is this helping the mental health of your students? so we started realizing that we, we were going to board meetings we were bringing kids with us, and what the administrators were saying, did not line up with what our kids were telling us. And they were saying, you know, that's not what's going on in schools. So that's when we started realizing there's a disconnect. Because you have all of these people with advanced degrees who know a ton about education. But no matter how educated they are, they don't know what it's like to be 15 in school right now. Uh-huh. You know, uh, kids who are, who are juniors, see juniors, have never had a normal year of high school. Really? They've been in a pandemic. Oh, you're right. For, th- you're for right. now three school years. Oh, you're right. So, the, and now, you know, when you have your district leadership is all above 50, they don't know anything about what it's like to grow up on social media, to grow uh-huh. up with um, all of these connections that at your fingertips 100% of the time. And one of the quickest things we noticed, we asked about mental health resources that the school had, and they gave us a list of them, but there was an issue. The school website hadn't been updated since the early 2000s. It didn't work on mobile phones. If it doesn't work on mobile phones, kids can't access it because that's what they're using. Yeah. The kids are almost never sitting down at a computer. Even when they have a computer for school, they're not using it to go look up mental health resources. If you're in a crisis, you need it now. Yeah. So one of our kids actually built a, uh, a massive resource library. We, we started noticing that even when you start looking on the internet, you can't find all the mental health resources in one place. So our kids just built one. It's the largest collection of mental health resources anywhere in the world, and it's really, really cool. It's, now, is this an online thing? It is. It's at findthelightfoundation.org, uh, and it's under the resources tab. And it has um, hundreds and hundreds of mental health resources that you can filter by what specific... You need LGBTQ resources. We have those. Uh, we have resources specific to black men. We have resources specific to women. We have resources specific to uh, people with schizophrenia, any kind of thing you need help with, it's there, and you can even filter it by if you want just a website, if you want to text with somebody, if you need to call somebody, and there's a big red button for if you're in crisis right now and you just need somebody to talk to. Yeah. That is so cool. So your,
0: your group, Find Light, like, created that, or one of mm-hmm. your students did. Yeah, yeah. Like, he it was a student s- that 16.
1: Yeah. initiative. Yeah, yeah. That's, it was built by students for students. It was wow. how they wanted to access their information and how they thought it would help. And so, yeah, the lead on that project was 16.
0: That is so cool. That is very awesome. I wanted to have you on the podcast because your nonprofit amplifies the definition of being grown sexy. Being grown sexy is all about having a voice, taking action for what you believe in, and making a difference in your community. And I just knew I wanted you on the podcast because my listeners are go-getters and women that embrace the grown sexy attitude – And might want to be where you are. So, for a listener that wants to begin running a nonprofit or start their own organization, where do they start? What would be their
1: first three steps? First three steps, I would say make a connection. Um, You know, find people who are as invested in this issue as you are. And you know, we started with just a Facebook group. We didn't mean to start a nonprofit. Uh, we started a Facebook group just to investigate the amount of deaths in in one school district. And within a week, we had more than thirty five hundred people in that group.
0: And Was it all people from that school mostly? Like it was. all the students
1: coming together? It was. And now we have, uh, we have people from dozens of places, other schools, yeah, coming together, saying suicide has been an issue in our school, Absolutely. also. Absolutely, yeah, and from different districts, from different states, even. Uh, just realizing that it 's a bigger issue, so connect with people, find common ground, and look for re- look for new ways of seeing things. One of the benefits of our organization is we're the only we 're the only nonprofit in the country that operates the way that we do. Every single person on our board, except for one parent representative, is under the age of twenty six and there 's no other organization like that. We're, Everyone else is normally older in organizations? Yeah, we are, we're by kids for kids and, um, or, and for young people specifically because um, not everybody on our boards is in high school. We have a lot of college students. We have some college graduates, but everybody is young and we try to keep a new influx of people coming in so that we're always working from our kids' best interests. So that's number two. And number three uh, would just be to make a plan and be flexible with it. Not everything that you plan out is going to work out mm-hmm. but if you have the intention and you know where you 're going with it, you can adjust you know you can You can learn how to uh, accept rejection when somebody tells you no and come back and find a new a new route so you can still get your mission done even if it 's not the way you planned yeah, okay. What book
0: about leadership or starting a nonprofit would you recommend to our listeners? That wish that you wish you would have read sooner. Is there any book yeah. that has stuck out to you?
1: Yeah, one book that I read uh, last year that really helped is called Rejection Proof by uh, Jia Jiang, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. But it's J A I J I A N G is his name, and it's really incredible because it's about a guy who put himself in positions to be rejected because he had a fear of rejection. As many of us do. Yeah. And he learned how to take a rejection and make it into an acceptance. So he would do things like try to order, when McDonald's wasn't serving breakfast all day, he would go and try to order an Egg McMuffin at 5 o'clock. And he would get told no. He would get told no. And then he would, he would work, with the, uh, work with whoever was... He, Rejecting him. Yeah, to find a solution that would work for both of them. So say, like, what is the closest that you can get me to an Egg McMuffin? Without Um, having to turn on all your breakfast things. And they would do that. And he would do that for everything. You know, he asked a hairstylist if he could cut her hair. Like, just, he wanted to cut just one strand of her hair. And uh, he just put himself in different positions. And And it
0: it helped him, like, is the story of the book. It helped him realize that you... You're still an amazing person even if people reject you. You can always still compromise with others like rejection.
1: Yeah, and it helped isn't that bad. <laughs> exactly. It helped him figure out the benefit of rejection because sometimes he got things that were better than what he originally wanted. And it also helped him to just be okay with rejection. You know, if you're, you don't have to be afraid to ask people for things if you're not afraid that they're going to say no. Uh-huh. And so we really used that. Um, I used it as well as our executive director read that book, so that when we were going into meetings with, uh, if you guys got
0: rejected with your mission, exactly, we were rejection. You were with. more okay with
1: it. Yeah, and we were we were willing to adjust our asks and to okay figure out. Well, he said no to that. What can we get him to say yes to?
0: Okay, so this book really like, helps you have a new mindset of instead of merely getting rejected and you just quit, which is the normal mentality in our brains, you're like, okay, what's the closest I can get to a compromise with this? Exactly. That is so cool. Well, I like what you said about Rejection Proof. Was that the name That's of the, the book? That's the name of the book. That yeah. was the name of the book. Rejection Proof. That is so cool.
1: Yeah, it's really good. It's an audio book, so, cool. so I I listened to it like while I was at work or you know while I was walking.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to check that out. That is so awesome. I like that concept, like rejection proof. Yeah, that is so cool. Um, okay, so what business blog? What do you
1: s- point people to that are interested in starting
0: a nonprofit?
1: My favorite one is called the My New Thing, My One New Thing Project. Excuse me. And uh so what she does, she does one new thing a month at minimum. Sometimes it's many more than one. And the idea is just to get you out of your comfort zone and getting you to try new things because it kind of resets your brain a little bit doing something new. Yeah, doing something new, especially doing something new on a routine basis. Okay. It it rewires you almost. So it makes you look for for new opportunities. And that's something that in the nonprofit world is really really helpful you have and to in to the keep business looking world. for
0: new opportunities. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: So it's called One New Thing. Yeah, it's called um, the My
0: One New Thing Project. And it's this girl, does she just come out with a once a month blog about
1: the new thing she tried? Or yeah. is it a weekly blog? What? Uh, it's at minimum once a month, but she also has like a subscription box that helps you, it it sends you new things to do. Um, but it also, you know, she's written a book, she's done lots of stuff just to teach people that like your one new thing doesn't have to be a bucket list item you, know, you don't need to go swim with the dolphins so what are some of her examples
0: of some recent one new things uh
1: so you can do anything for, like one of hers was like she tried tightrope uh for the first time or um oh, wow. trapeze oh. but then one of them was just she tried starfruit
0: okay. like it can be
1: big it can be small it can be whatever you feel for and it's also she has chron- a chronic illness just like i do so it's okay. good to see uh somebody it's it's good is it headaches the same thing okay yeah so it's good to kind of work around it okay
0: awesome well that's also a new an interesting (laughs) concept like first off be rejection proof but then try one new thing yeah that's cool have how did you hear about that blog did you did someone recommend it to you or did you just accidentally (laughs) stumble upon her on social media Uh, it's
1: actually my mom.
0: Your mom? Yeah. Why do you keep those things a secret? What is wrong with you? Like, I'm not going to say it. I have a badass mom. She, I do do have a
1: badass mom, yeah. Wait, so your
0: mom, your mom also has written a book. Yeah, she has. About the One New Thing
1: concept? Yeah, it's called um, My One New Thing. Okay, so did the book come first or did the blog come first? The blog came first. She's actually been doing uh, this project for about a decade now. So the blog came first, and then it had such good feedback, she wrote it into a book. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And writing a book was one of her new things. Oh, okay, cool.
0: Do you know how your mom came across this idea, like, did a mentor or someone she looked up to, or her own mom once challenged her to do one thing a month, and that's what led her into the blog world like how did your mom come up with this it was
1: actually she was uh feeling kind of stuck that she she felt like she had everything that she wanted in life but Uh she wasn't really happy with it and so um she was watching three-year-olds play on the playground and she was realizing that everything they They do is things exactly everything they do is brand new and they're you know they're thrilled every time they try something that we think is dumb you know they'll be splashing with bubbles and it's the funniest thing in the world yeah and so she was like she was trying to get that kind of joy and she found it by just trying, trying new something things. new at yeah. least 12 times a year. Exactly, yeah. And when during the pandemic she was doing um way more than that. I think she's up to probably getting close to 300 uh new things. 300 new things in total of yeah. the last 12 years she's been doing this for like how long you said she's uh, been doing this? 10 years, yeah. 10 years. Oh, so she keeps track. Yeah. Yeah, she does. She has a spreadsheet. She has, that's part of why she started the blog was just to keep track of what she's doing. Oh, nice. And so the blog is about,
0: does she go into detail of how this new thing encouraged her or this new thing scared her or gave her more confidence?
1: Yeah. And one of my favorite ones are the new things that she fails at. Um, okay. You know, Cause she, yeah, you don't succeed at everything you try. Yeah. And or you don't enjoy job.
0: everything you try. Exactly. New. And that's yeah.
1: what she's done is just like, there was one time that she tried to make mozzarella. She's not a good cook and, and so it plopped, it plopped <laughs> so badly. And she was like, and she did it on a Facebook live. Okay. And she turned it into like, well, you know, not everyone, not every new thing you do is going to work out, but I got messy and it was fun kind of thing. Yeah. You, you find what's good about it.
0: That is so cool. Why were you going to keep it a secret? That, that was your mom, <laughs> woman.
1: Oh.
0: That is that is so cool. Yeah. That is
1: very very. awesome. Only because she is uh, very she- successful in her own right, and I I don't uh, I don't feel the need to promote her herself. She she is totally capable of that on her own. Yeah. Yeah. That is so
0: so cool. Now, question real fast. How does she promote her blog? Does she um. Does she just tell all of her friends and family about it? How has she social media helped
1: others? Uh, yeah, she's on on Facebook mostly, uh, and, and she'll she has just a website. Post on Facebook once a week, like, oh, I got my new blog up. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, and she, you know, she does networking groups and other things like that, and she does her subscription box. So okay, she, she send people's
0: emails. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: That is so cool. I did not know that about your mom. That is very <laughs> very cool. Um. One final thought before I let you go, and what is the key drive that someone needs to cultivate to start a nonprofit? What is the one word you keep coming back to to stay grounded and focused on find the light's mission?
1: Uh, for the not profit world, I think it's definitely compassion, or or just passion. You know, anything you do, you have to be passionate about uh, in this world, and especially something like suicide prevention um, and mental health mental health awareness. You want to make sure that you you don't stray from uh your mission. You want to remember what you're what you started it for because everybody who starts a nonprofit has a very special reason for starting uh-huh. that nonprofit. So, just kind of reminding yourself why you got into this. Um, you know, if I'm having a hard time with it, then I'll just talk to some of the kids that we work with. And that'll bring back your compassion. Yeah. it remind you of your passion. Remind us why we're doing this. You know, why are, why are we working so hard at this? Well, it's for them. And it's for helping them build the communities that they want to learn in, the safe and, um, and accepting communities that they can feel at home in. And they don't have to worry about their mental health. They don't have to worry about bullying. They don't have to worry about their sexuality. Um, they can just be who they are. They can just grow and learn as teenagers. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so wrapping this
0: up, how can people contact you if they have further questions and learn more about your nonprofit?
1: Uh, So we're on all social medias under Find the Light Foundation, and our website is findthelightfoundation.org. That's also where our resource library is, and the resource library can be shared. It's completely and 100% free um, and always will be free, and it can even be embedded in other sites. Um, And we also have, let's see. Facebook, or, sorry, <laughs> Facebook, social media.
0: So Facebook, do you guys have a Find the Light Instagram account? We or do. No? Yeah, okay. we have
1: Instagram and we have Twitter. Um, and Twitter,
0: Instagram, Facebook, Find the Light, but then there's yeah. also findthelight.org and that's sure findthelightfoundation.org. Find the Yeah. Find the Light Foundation. Yeah, and if
1: anybody has questions, they can email me at uh, alex, alex, at findthelightfoundation.org. And, um, yeah, we're always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for people who want to get involved. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, like,
0: coming on and sharing your story. And if you guys got nothing from this podcast, uh, read that book to become Mm rejection-proof and go do one new thing a month. Yeah. (laughs) But but there was so much, so much that you shared with us. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom. And, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Okay, and that's it for today. I'll see you guys next Tuesday. Thank you, thank you so much for taking out the time to listen to this podcast. For more encouraging content like health hacks, beauty tips, and all of my favorite product recommendations, make sure you check out my YouTube channel, which is the Grown Sexy YouTube channel. Every Thursday, I come out with a new YouTube video, and it's just another way to help you live in victory and promote you to be obsessed with your potential. So make sure you go check out the Grown Sexy YouTube channel. A new video is posted every Thursday. Also, if you comment on this podcast, you can tell me your side hustle or your business you run or anything you represent in life. Make sure in the comments of this podcast, you leave me your Instagram handle and I'll promote you in my next episode. It helps me a lot if you comment on this podcast so I can continue to give it to you for free. So if you comment, which helps my ratings, I'll feature you and help your ratings on Instagram. Hundreds of people listen to this podcast weekly and we're all trying to live in victory. So if you want to be featured and for me to give you a shout out, please leave a comment, but make sure you leave your Instagram handle and I will direct people to your page. As always, stay wild and grown sexy. Oh, also, don't forget to comment below. They say this is a big, rich town. I just come from the poet's part. Bright light city life, I gotta make it. This is where it goes down. I just happen to come 니고, baby I